0: Hey, you're listening to Clumsy Theosis, a Catholic podcast that explores topics within the Catholic faith to help us deepen our spiritual lives, own our relationship with the Lord, and strengthen His church. Question Why did the three magi bring the baby Jesus gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh? Also, why do we call this event the Epiphany? And do Eastern Catholics, including myself as a Byzantine Catholic, do we celebrate the Epiphany? Hmm, lots of questions today, and we're going to cover them all, including many more, in today's show. I'm the host of the Clumsy Theosis podcast. My name is Rochelle Lucero. Thanks for asking. And I'm happy that you all have tuned in today. First, I want to take a moment and single out Richard really quickly for sending in a generous donation to help support the work that I do here at Clumsy Theosis. This show is only made possible because of the donations made by listeners like all of you. If your 2019 was made better, even in the smallest degree, because of this podcast, I ask you to please consider making a donation. All you have to do is visit clumsytheosis.net and click the word donate in the top menu. That's it. Oh. And every donation that you send goes back into making the podcast better and more accessible to everyone around the world. So moving right along so we don't lose momentum here, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These gifts have always carried an enchanted mystery for me. For whatever reason, as a child, I imagined this as kind of like a pirate treasure. I could envision them being carried across the desert and they would be locked in a wooden chest because everything inside was just incredibly valuable. And not just monetarily valuable, they also held some kind of mystical power. Well, wouldn't you know it, my childhood imagination wasn't entirely off. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh are not just impressive worldly gifts. When given to the baby Jesus, they mean more than us modern day Catholics, us modern day Christians realize. So let's look at these gifts in scripture and see what they meant in the passages in which we find them and what they mean when they are presented to the baby Jesus. So the only time that we see gold and frankincense mentioned together in scripture is in a prophecy given by Isaiah. Chapter 60 of the book of Isaiah is referred to as the ingathering of the dispersed. So here we read about how the multitudes, including the Gentiles, how they will one day gather in and bring gold and frankincense and praise the Lord. By the three magi presenting Jesus with gold and frankincense, Jesus is being marked as a king, and not just any king, a king of all, all the multitudes, and that includes the Gentiles. Another cool thing about this prophecy from Isaiah is that it says that the people will be drawn in by his light. And when I hear light, I think, uh, especially in this context of the three magi, I think about the guiding star, the light that they followed to find the Lord. But with this in mind, we can see how Jesus is also being crowned as the light of the nations. And this is very blatantly put in verses three and six of Isaiah chapter 60. So together, gold and frankincense, they mark Jesus as the king and the light of the nations. Now, when we look at frankincense and myrrh, these two items are only ever seen together in the Song of Songs. And what's really cool is that they are actually the nuptial oils that are used to prepare the bride and the groom for their marriage. So do you see where this is going? The baby Jesus is being singled out as the bridegroom, the bridegroom of the church. And another point of interest is that on its own, myrrh is the oil used to consecrate the Levite priests as well as the tabernacle that wandered in the wilderness with the people for 40 years. And myrrh is also an ointment that's used to anoint a body for burial. So these connections, they tell us that Jesus is the bridegroom, he's the high priest, and he's the new tabernacle or the new temple. And then they also hint at a significance that is going to surround the future death of Jesus. And so when we put all of this together, gold, frankincense, and myrrh say that the baby Jesus is the king, the light of the nations, the bridegroom, the high priest, the new temple, and that his death is going to be significant. I mean, talk about mystical here, right? Or maybe I should say illumined or illuminating. Which brings me to epiphany. Why is the arrival of the Magi and their presentation of these gifts called the epiphany? Because this word is not unique to Christianity, but we use it. And we use it because it means to shine upon. It's a combination of two Greek words, epi, meaning upon, and phaino meaning to shine. So together they aptly describe, in my opinion, they aptly describe the divinity of Jesus shining upon the earth as the light of all the nations. But this definition is kind of broad. So if we think about it, I'm sure that we can see how the term epiphany could apply to a number of instances in Jesus's life, different times in which we can see that his divinity has shown upon the earth. So, I mean, because of that, it's no surprise that during early Christianity, there were three events that were associated with the quote unquote epiphany, right? With the Lord shining his divinity upon the world. And those three events were the visitation of the three Magi, Jesus's baptism, and the wedding at Cana. Because in the visitation of the three Magi, which we've gone over, you know, the significance of the gifts and everything we're seeing how Jesus is the fulfillment of a number of figures or even prophecies in the Old Testament. And then with Jesus's baptism, we have the revelation of the Trinity. And then at the wedding feast at Cana, we have Christ's first public miracle. Today in the Roman Rite Church, these three events, they're still held together because you see them one right after the other during your Sunday readings. So, You're going to have the Feast of the Epiphany, where you're going to have the readings of the three Magi. Then the following Sunday, you'll have the baptism, and then the wedding feast at Cana. So for these next three Sundays, pay attention to the continuation of this theme, this theme that celebrates the illumination of the world. But for myself and other Eastern Catholics, instead of celebrating the Epiphany in this way, instead of celebrating the Lord's divinity shining upon earth by focusing on the three magi, we celebrate the illumination of the world with an emphasis on the baptism of the Lord. And in the Byzantine church, we refer to this as the theophany. And we celebrate it on the same day as the Romans celebrate the epiphany. And this is totally above board, right? This is all allowed within the Catholic church, depending on which rite you are a part of. When we celebrate the theophany uh, in the Byzantine church, this feast holds four points or four major themes, and all of these themes need to be kept present in our hearts and in our minds. Keeping with the theme of, you know, the epiphany, the the shining upon, the first thing we're going to focus on is the enlightenment or the illumination of the world that has been brought about by the coming of our Savior. And then secondly, I mean, we're going to look at the baptism. I think that's kind of obvious, and the significance of baptism. The third point, I'd never really considered much before my immersion into the Byzantine church. But the baptism of the Lord in the Jordan, it brought about a renewal of creation, which I never thought of. See, when the Lord went into the Jordan River, he cleansed the water, and then that water went out into the whole world, renewing the natural world. And then lastly, we focus in on the revelation of the Trinity. This is when the Trinity is revealed to us for the first time in one event, because here we see the Holy Spirit descending in the form of a dove, and then we hear the Father's voice proclaiming Jesus as who? As the Son. So we see the Holy Spirit, the Father, and the Son all together in one event in Christ's life. And if you want to know anything else about the Byzantine Feast of the Theophany, I'm going to leave a link in the show notes for you. And even if you're not interested in the theophany per se, the week after you all celebrate the epiphany in the Roman rite church, you're going to celebrate the baptism of the Lord. So you might as well read over the information that I'm linking here for you, because it'll be nice for you to read in preparation for that feast. It'll give you maybe um, some different language or a different perspective when approaching the baptism of the Lord. And I know that all of this information, it's really fun to learn, right? And it's just like, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, that's really cool. But what's more important is that it gives us more perspective of the events in Jesus's life. And the best thing about broadening our perspective is that it gives us more room to explore these mysteries of our faith, because that's what we're supposed to do with the mysteries of our faith. We're supposed to explore them. And we do this by taking them to prayer. And if you've noticed, today we've mostly been talking about the epiphany in terms of gold, frankincense, and myrrh and where they're found in scripture. And when we pray with the scriptures, we can now look at the passage of the epiphany from a few different angles. Now that we've seen gold, frankincense, and myrrh in the Old Testament, what you're doing is connecting with the different senses or the different aspects of the scripture. Now, if you've been listening for a long time, you might remember an episode that I did called Guaranteed Bible Takeaways. And I'm gonna link that in the show notes as well. But it's about the four aspects in which we can examine the Bible to give us more fruit or more nourishment to chew on when we're praying over the scriptures. And today, I've been looking at one of those senses specifically. I've been pointing out the allegorical sense of the gifts that the Magi brought. Now, the allegorical sense is also called the Christological sense, and it's also called the typological sense. Why so many names? I couldn't tell you. All I know is that all these names confuse people because there's just too many. But basically, this sense just connects the Old Testament with the New Testament. So we've looked at these gifts brought by the Magi. We've looked at them in the context of the Old Testament and then what that then means when we apply them to Jesus. So you can meditate on these allegorical meanings of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Things that we've we've, uh, uncovered today, you know, that Jesus is the king, the light of the nations, the bridegroom, the high priest, the new temple. We can look at all of those things and ask, how is the Lord those things in my life? How has he been those things in my life? How is he operating right now in my life? Is he operating in any of those spaces or any of those categories in my life? And ask yourself, where does he want to go next? You see what I'm saying here? I mean, or if you don't want to go the allegorical sense, that's fine if you're not feeling that right now. You can look at the visitation of the Magi from one of the other spiritual senses of scripture. And if you need a refresher on what any of those are, go listen to that episode that I'm putting in the show notes for you. And if you just are not familiar, if you've never heard this episode before, you don't know what the four senses of scripture are, go and listen. It's only going to help your prayer time. It's only going to make it better for you and more fruitful. And that's it. That's our episode for today. If you liked it, or if you feel like you learned something new, I'm going to ask you to please take a moment and share this episode with a friend. And don't forget that you can always send people over to clumsytheosis.net if they don't listen to podcasts, if that's not their deal, but they will click on the link that sends them to a website, send them to clumsytheosis.net and they can find everything there with a few clicks of their mouse. Today I've had a blast and I hope to continue this discussion with you all online and you can interact with me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All you have to do is look for Clumsy Theosis on any of those platforms and follow me there. And I'm going to be making an announcement. I'm giving you guys a heads up now. This next week, before the next episode drops, I'm going to be making an announcement on those social channels about a new development here at Clumsy Theosis. And if you want to be one of the first people to know, then follow me on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at Clumsy Theosis because I'm going to spill the beans there first. All right, everybody. Until next week, peace out.